0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. If you would, please turn with me in your Bible to James chapter four, And tonight, we want to talk about messing up the devil's plans. Anybody interested in messing up the devil's plans against our country, against your life, your family, the economy? Anybody interested in messing up the devil's plans? Well, we have authority over him. Why don't we mess up his plans? Because he's got plans to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's been getting away with a lot of it, way too much we are the church. I mean, what's that saying? The only way for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And so we're going to do something tonight. Yeah. And we're going to pray for a while tonight at the end. We'll pray for a few minutes and we're going to come together and we're going to mess up the devil's plans. Anybody Everybody okay with that? You alright with messing up the devil's plans? Stopping some of his stupid attacks before they even get off the ground. Right? The Holy Spirit's going to help us to do that tonight. But I want to talk about a real dangerous doctrine. before we, It's tied right along with this as we get into this. So James chapter 4, there's a dangerous doctrine been going around for a long while now in the church. I don't know how many years, I don't know if I've even been alive long enough to tell, but there's a dangerous teaching, doctrine means teaching, that's going around and we need to expose it because it's keeping the church in a paralyzed state. Are you following me? A state of not doing something when they should be doing something about messing up the devil's plan. So James chapter 4, look at verse 7. James, by the Holy Spirit, says to all believers, submit yourselves therefore unto God. Notice God's not going to make you submit. Submit yourselves, and no good leader is going to try to make anybody submit. No good husband is going to try to make a wife to submit. Submit yourselves is the biblical terminology. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Husbands, leave them alone. This is something they're supposed to do, right? And then it says, submit to one another in the fear of God. But here, he says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And I like to say it this way, now you're in a position, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I mean, do you ever think about it? If we're not submitted to God, we are submitted to the enemy. And how can you resist him and submit to him at the same time? But notice what it says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, say no, no, no. People need to recognize that things from the devil don't always have horns and pitchfork. Matter of fact, I don't see him ever having horns and a pitchfork. That's a Hollywood distorted idea of the devil. He comes as an angel of light. Billy Graham says the devil comes disguised in the light of your own desires. And you have to realize, from the Word of God, what's of the devil. Don't wait for being with horns and a pitchfork before you start resisting. Find out what's from the devil. You know, fiery darts from a distance, disease, sickness, fear, oppression, sadness. Huh? We need to put our foot down and resist and say no to some things, like the Lord Jesus did, and we're to follow His example. He didn't put up with everything. He rebuked some things. How many know that the Lord rebuked some things? He rebuked a great fever in Peter's mother in law, and she was totally healed and arose and served them. He rebuked a stormy wind one day that was trying to kill him on the lake, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm after he rebuked the weather. And then the Lord said, The works that I do shall every believer do, and greater works than these shall the believer do, because I'm going to my Father. And so, um, a dangerous doctrine today, which does not at all go in line with this scripture, is God is in control. If God's in control, why resist anything? It's a dangerous doctrine. It's keeping the church in a paralyzed state where the devil can run over believers through their ignorance. I want you to know, guys, the devil has, he's not known as the most powerful. He's known as the most subtle. His trickery is genius level his trickery and deception is beyond our ability to intellectually war with him the only way we're going to successfully resist the devil, recognize his lies and resist him and him flee from us is if this book is in us to the degree that it needs to be in us this, this truth needs to be so in us when one little thing comes out with a spark of a untruth in it we know it because we're so familiar with the truth you don't want to go studying all these false religions so you can minister. You need to study the truth so much that anything that's a little off, you see it. You see it. And how, how, are, how could God be in control if he said we're supposed to resist some things and those things are supposed to stop and flee from us? Wouldn't it be, well, you know, bad things happen. God's in control. You know, good things happen. God's in control. No? You ready for the revelation? There is a devil and there's many demons. One devil, many demons. Now I know in the King James it talks about devils, but it should have been translated demons. There's one devil. His former name is Lucifer. And there's many demons. And the Bible says they're going to come against you at times. They're going to try to hurt you, vex you destroy you, kill you, steal from you. What are you supposed to do? If something like that comes against you, you know, something bad, what are you supposed to do? Well, God is in control. I don't know why that wreck happened. I don't know why that. God is in control. You acting like there's no devil. And the devil is having a heyday in so many Christians' lives because I don't know I don't know why we're the small percent, but a lot of churches are not teaching these things. That there is a devil and there are demons and they will try to attack you and God's not in control of everything that happens on this planet. Duh. Number one, there's devils and demons. Duh. Number two, man has free will and we can love God or curse him. We can do good or hurt people. How can God be in control of all that? Now, I will say this. If you're surrendered to the Lord and Jesus is your Lord... He's in control of your life. Right. To the degree you're surrendered to him is it to the degree he can control or the Lord over your life. The Bible says the whole world lies in darkness, but we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That is a present- tense reality if you're a believer in Jesus. You're in this world," the Bible says, but you're not of this world. We're like Abraham, strangers and pilgrims sojourning in a land that's temporary, because our eyes are on a city whose builder and maker is God, right? Which has foundations beyond this life. Well, the big—this is a dangerous doctrine. God's in control. You know, God's—you hear, you hear some terrible storm and all these houses get wiped out, and well, we don't know why that happened, but God's in control, leaving a wrong impression, and we wonder why. <laughs> people don't want to become Christians. who's going to really want to run to a God that just sent a storm and a tornado and destroyed seventeen houses and killed you know thirty five people i mean who's who's going to want to run to we've got to quit leaving this impression god he's not the killer he's the healer he's the deliverer. I mean, did you ever notice even in church discipline in the New Testament, they had to deliver people unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh? Why? Because God don't destroy. <laughs> All right, God's not into destroying, but they had to be delivered unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that their spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. So turn to Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I wanted to make this uh, clear that there is a dangerous doctrine that's been going around churches for many many years and if we're going to pray effectively and if we're going to mess up the devil's plans we need to recognize this false doctrine and not believe it well god is in control are you saying me are you saying that somehow god wanted god you know, allowed because it's part of his mysterious plan, that baby from being abused? Are somebody getting shot, you know, point blank? Are you, 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 no, God's that God, oh my gosh. Why even tell us to pray if God's in control of everything? Why don't we just kick back and say God's in control. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. God's in control. Why even pray to try to change anything? If everything that happened is God's will, why try to change anything? I, I see this a lot in the area of sickness and, and people, you know, needing healing. It's like some people have been taught wrong in, in churches and pastors are going to be accountable for this. Teaching people, well, you know, sometimes God wants you to have cancer, you know, because he's teaching something, God, you know, that, that might be from God, you know, to perfect you and your sufferings, you know, that, that might be from God, that disease might be from God. if that's the truth... And if that person goes to the doctor to try to get help, they are fighting against the will of God. They should pray that twice as much comes. No, see, people don't even believe that. It's like this religiosity, this religious doctrine stuff, it's inspired of the devil. If a sickness was really the will of God, then why try to, why take medicine? Let the will of God play out. Maybe you'll die, young, leave three kids behind. That is not the will of God. Sickness has never been the will of God. There was no sickness on this planet in Genesis chapter one, two, or three. Beautiful, everything God made it was beautiful, very good. Genesis one and two, and then all of a sudden, this thing called sickness and disease comes on the scene when Satan comes on the scene and sin comes on the scene, and that's all through these six thousand years. Then in the Book of Revelation, it says Satan's cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then it says, everything that hurts, steals, uh, harms, is gone forever. Came in with sin and the devil, goes out with sin of the devil. Huh, must be of the devil, right? I mean, God didn't make it. Why would God make a beautiful masterpiece and then throw sickness on it? Well, it's a lie and people need to realize it's a lie or you won't even be able to receive healing from the Lord if you don't get this straight. God wants you healed, 100% get all doubt out of your mind concerning that he wants you healed. But now in Rome uh, excuse me Ephesians 4, look at this scripture. This is an amazing scripture verse 17. We we'll read a few verses here. Paul said by the Holy Spirit, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you from now on don't walk as other non-believers walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who? Being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, that's looseness of thought and manners, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath." Now, before we read the next verse, he's talking in these two verses here about ways people give the devil place in their life. Lying and sinning when they're angry. Do you know you can be angry and not sin? Just ask yourself. Now, I'm angry right now, and I'm going to do such and such because I am. Just make sure that that such and such isn't a violation of love. 1 Corinthians 13. And then he said, here's another way people give place to the devil. They stay angry for more than 24 hours. It's called giving place to the devil. Do you know there's people still mad about the election? (laughs) I mean, it's about time to get over some stuff and say, Jesus is Lord. Everything's going to be all right as long as the church prays. God's good. He's merciful. Something, we're going to be all right. Even if the whole world around us falls apart like a $2 watch, your dwelling can be safe and wonderful, full of light. Now, um, next verse. Let's read verse 26 again. Be angry and sin not. Don't let your son go down upon your wrath. Get it straight in at least 24 hours. Neither give place to the devil. Oh man, did you hear this? What's he saying here? He's saying the only way the devil can have a place in your life is if you give it to him. And we already found that ignorance is one of the things that can open the door. Isn't this interesting to think? See the devil can't just, hey listen, if the devil could just do anything to you he wanted to do you'd be dead already. Why hadn't he already done it? Answer, because he couldn't. He's got to convince you of his lies, get you thinking wrong, believing wrong, talking wrong, living wrong. So he can start to move in your life. We just saw a few things. The next verse talked about let him that stole, steal no more. Stealing gives place to the devil. Lying gives place to the devil. But you can repent from those sins and be free. God will forgive you, right? So uh, this is so interesting because if he tells us to give no place to the devil, that means he's going to try to take a place in your life. And if God was in control of everything, why would he say this? Why say give no place to the devil? Why even put forth the effort? If God's in control, it'll just work out the way God wants it. No. <laughs> There's a lot of things going opposite of the way God wants them to go. And if God was in control of any, everything, why even have this scripture? Why do anything? Why say, don't give place to the devil? Uh, if God's in control, why, why worry about it? Now, there's some things we better do because there's an enemy out there trying to get access into our lives, our families, our finances, our business, and we need to make sure we don't give him place. And if we have the attitude that God is in control, our prayers would just be fluffy little things that don't do anything. <laughs> All right. I want to read you something out of Kenneth Hagin's book on the art of intercession. It's now called The Art of Prayer in the Revised Edition. This is a handbook for every person that wants to pray. And I'm going to read you something. It's under a chapter under under interceding for your nation, which basically means praying for people in authority in the nation that you live in. And he has a whole chapter here on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to narrate this to you. I'm going to quote you what this says, but I'm going to say a few things between the lines because I don't want to read the whole thing. So Brother Hagen was praying, had some ministers over. They were praying. They were seeking God. And he began to minister to these ministers and lay hands on them and prophesy. And then he said he got caught up in the spirit. Like John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Heard a trumpet as it were talking with me. Come up hither. And John got to see the rapture, the future, and all these great things. So he got to praying. he got in the spirit. He was more conscious of spiritual things than natural things. And the Lord began to reveal some things to him about the nation of the United States of America and about some things that were gonna happen in the nation that weren't good. And this was years ago, but he also mentioned some things in our time And so he said, here, I was praying and um, I got in the spirit and the Lord began to reveal things to me. He said, I saw, I saw something in prayer. He said, I saw three things coming up out of the Atlantic Ocean. They looked like three giant black frogs as large as whales. One was in midair. The other two had just stuck their heads up out of the water from the east. And then he talks about another experience he had a while back that was similar to that. And it it had to do with Watergate and all that stuff that happened back then in Watergate and how the country got in a mess and there's a bunch of crazy political things, riots, all kinds of stuff. And he said, Jesus said to me, quote, this is the Lord Jesus talking to the prophet of God, Kenneth Hagin. He said, back in 1970, you saw three similar dark objects come up out of the Atlantic Ocean and leapfrog all the way across the land. Jesus is speaking here. He said, if you and the Christians had done what you should have done, none of those things would have happened to your nation. Listen to this. Jesus said, you would not have had the riots. You would not have had the political disturbances. Your president would not have made the mistakes he made. In fact, Jesus said, I'm holding the church responsible for his mistakes. Jesus said, I'm holding the church responsible for the president's mistakes. Because the church didn't pray. See, the Bible tells us to pray for all that are in authority. For kings and all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Well, if it didn't do, if it didn't do any good, then why did the Lord say Do it. It does great good to pray for our leaders, especially if you're believing. Now, listen to this. Brother Hagan said, after Jesus said, In fact, I'm holding the church responsible for President Nixon's mistakes. And, and Kenneth Hagan said, I began to weep and cry, Oh, God. And Jesus broke in and said, Yes, son. I'm holding you and the church responsible. Then he said, When you tell that to some of the Christians, they'll laugh at you. But when they stand before my judgment seat and they receive the condemnation rather than the man who was the president, they won't laugh. He said some Christians, Jesus said some, some Christians, you're going to tell this to some Christians, they're going to laugh, but they won't laugh when they're standing before me. See, this is a side of Jesus the church needs to beef up on. Jesus is serious about life. He loves his kids and at times he's going to correct us. Right? As many as I love, I rebuke. If you don't hear teachings like this, and you don't hear teachings about the judgment of God, and you don't hear teaching about the chastisement of the Lord, you will grow up a warped Christian. The world will have poles on you, and other temptations will get you. The Bible said, behold, two things. You ready? Romans. You ready? Romans? Romans chapter 2. You ever read it? The Bible says, check out two things. The goodness and the severity of God. Check them both out. Behold, the goodness and the severity of God. Check them both out if you want to grow up a well-balanced Christian. Yes, thank God for the, the picture of the lamb in Jesus' arms, right? But Jesus is also a good father. And we need both. And, and there's, don't get me wrong, there's always hope, there's always blessing, there's always peace whenever the Lord deals with you. Don't let the devil lie to you and think it's some terrible thing. We, we need corrected. And this was a correction to the body of Christ. And then he went on to say, listen to this. Jesus told Brother Hagin in this time of prayer, Jesus said, if Christians had done what I told them to do in the Bible, if they had prayed for the leaders of their nation... They would have kept the evil spirits from operating. Messing up the devil's plans. See, this is what we're talking about. I'm going to say that again. Jesus said, if Christians had done what I told them to do in the Bible, if they had prayed for the leaders of their nation, they would have kept the evil spirits from operating against America. America. I'm going to say it one more time. If Christians had done what I told them to do in the Bible, if they had prayed for the leaders of their nation, they would have kept the evil spirits from operating. Then he continued. Jesus continued. Quote, you want to hear some more? Yeah. Jesus said similar things, not the same things, but similar things are about to happen again. If you do not pray, they will happen I'm not going to hold the president responsible for the nation. I'm going to hold the Christians of the nation responsible. So let me show you the scripture that that b- backs that up. 2 Chronicles 7.14. fourteen. Second Chronicles. The Lord's holding his people responsible more than the president that made the decisions. How can he do that? Simple. The church is way more powerful than just politicians. Now, if politicians are born again, they got the power too. But when it it comes to the church or politicians, who who do you think has more power? But if we think God's in control of everything, if we think everything that happens is somehow His mysterious will, we are not going to pray with power. We're not going to rebuke with authority. We're not going to pull down strongholds. We're not going to say no to the devil. We're not going to rebuke demonic activity. We're just going to say, well, you know, uh, God's in control. That's a dangerous doctrine. And it's sad because you'll see it in almost every Christian movie. Not all, but almost. Some guy get hit by a car. Oh, that was somehow God's will. Now I'm able to get saved. No, it didn't say uh, getting hit by a car will cause people to repent. It says the goodness of God will lead people to repentance. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. God said, if my people, everybody say my people, my people. God said of his people. See politicians may or may not be his people. God said, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, Turn from their wicked ways. If my people do something, I'll hear from heaven. If my people do something, I'll forgive their sin. If my people do something, I'll heal their land. Oh, church, do you see this? If my people do something, there will be healing in the land. All right, for time's sake, let me just quote this to you. In the book of Proverbs, it says that God turns the king's heart whithersoever he wills. Are you following me? Well, we thought that just happened automatically. No, he's given us something to pray and he's given us something to believe. God said he has access to the hearts of those that are in authority. If the church doesn't stop complaining and doesn't stop bashing people that are in authority, we will never see the revival and evil spirits will operate in our nation and it will be our fault. I say we come up in some maturity. Stop the bashing. Stop the criticism. You don't have to agree with everything, but it's one of the best things Christians can do is shut their mouth when they feel like criticizing and then open their mouth and say, Lord, work in them. Turn their hearts, whithersoever you will. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless them with a revelation of yourself. What will, what, what will Jesus appearing to a messed up politician do? Well, what did Jesus appearing do to a modern day terrorist 2,000 years ago? Their modern day. Well, Saul was persecuting their church, blaspheming against God, wasting the church, injuring Christians. And one day on the road to Damascus, Jesus appears to him, the light's so bright he falls to the earth. Saul can't see for three days. And Jesus t- talked to him. He got converted on the road. He went from a terrorist to an apostle. <laughs> Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament eventually. See, he knew, he knew what a revelation of Jesus could do because it did it to him. You talk about north to south, I mean, about face. And that's why he prayed for the church at Ephesus. Father, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation that their eyes be enlightened to you lord that they know you he, he knew what it did for him he's saying i want it to happen to all believers how many know jesus appearing to you changes everything yeah. <laughs> messes up your agenda right? your plans well i don't believe the lord can do that if we're not praying properly the early church was praying for those that persecuted them and those that despitefully used them, and Jesus was able to appear to the terrorist of the day, and that terrorist got saved, filled with the Spirit, and became the Apostle Paul. I wonder what happened happen if we decide to pray for our persecutors and pray for those that despitefully use us. Maybe we'd see some more appearances of Jesus and some more wow conversions. Right? Um, why do you think the devil attacks America so much? Why, why do you think there's so much demonic opposition against America? I'll tell you one reason. 90% of all missionaries come from this country. All around the world. 90% of all missionaries around this world come from America. America. You know the devil would like to mess up this country. 90% of all missionaries to other foreign countries, third world nations, come from America. And he don't like America, but that's okay. We don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you realize, guys, that we are the salt of the earth? Hmm? We're like a preservant. When we're out of here, you. When we're out of here, you talk about stinking rotten. I mean, the, the world is bad right now. But can you imagine when the church is gone and that salt of the earth is gone? We're talking totally rotten. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, where would the world be if there wasn't any believers in the world? It would already have been gone. I think bombs have already blown everything up. Um. We're going to pray here in just a minute, but let me give you one more thing. And go to Ephesians 6.12 real quick, and we're going to pray for about five or ten minutes together as a church, and we're going to make a difference. Ephesians 6. I want you to just notice one verse. It's a, it's a great chapter. You should read the whole thing uh, soon. But look at here at Ephesians 6.12. Paul said to all believers, this is the Holy Spirit talking to us through Paul. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And once the whole armor of God is on, verse 18, now you're ready to pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for who? For who? You got the armor on? You're ready to pray? What's what's the priority now? Praying for all saints. Stronger we are as a church, the more effective our getting people saved is going to be. The more effective our getting people delivered and healed is going to be. One of the best things you can do for lost people is pray for your church to be strong. Pray for the members of the body of Christ to be filled with God, to have an encounter with God, to, to repent if they need to repent, to see what they need to see. Well, I think we should just get out there and win the lost. And you better be praying for a strong church because the stronger the church is, the stronger our outreach is. And the Lord knew what he was talking about here. He said, you know you're ready to pray? Pray for what? Pray for who? All believers. Saints means believers. All believers. And so, we're going to pray for two things tonight. In the couple last couple of minutes here. A few minutes. We're going to pray for government leaders. Because the Bible says pray for all that are in authority. And it says give thanks for all that are in authority. We're going to do that. And then we're going to pray for the church. Believers everywhere. I don't... Um, it's like... We're we're coming upon a time right now where we're about to have to use faith. We're about to have to use our faith. You know, we've been wanting to use our faith. It's been kind of cool trying to use our faith. Yeah, we can get that healing and get some money. We're coming upon a time. We're about about there to have to use our faith. You know what I mean? Have to? (laughs) There's some pressure coming against the church. And it's not going to decrease a lot. I, I we can push things back when it comes to our own life. We can push some things back when it comes to our country. Do you do y'all do y'all know why sometimes you need to pray a little more for other people than yourself? Like when we're praying for our government or we're praying for people. Do you do you, do you realize why we need to pray a little more for other people? Because they may be opening the door to evil spirits on a daily basis, and we have to keep dealing with that stuff in prayer are you following me to help them to you know not just flake out totally that's where intercession the intercession prayer comes in there's like seven or eight types of prayer in the new testament one prayer governed by different rules is the prayer of intercession you're praying for other people who don't know their rights in christ they don't know how to claim things they don't know how to bind the devil we have to do that for them in prayer there's some people, they don't they don't realize it, but they're yielding to evil spirits, and we can pray for them and help get them free to a degree to where maybe they can make some rational decisions and not do stupid things. And so we need to do that. So if you wouldn't mind, let's pray for a couple of minutes. You can stand if you want. You can stay seated. How about we pray? Can we pray for 10 minutes? Is that is that okay? Let's just pray for 10. It's, it's 8.10. We'll be done at 8.20. So we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you. But if you pray in tongues, this is a great service to go ahead and pray in tongues with. Now, if I'm praying something with English, you know, in the understanding, keep praying in tongues just but get quiet enough to hear what I'm saying so we can all agree. And you can keep praying in tongues while I'm praying in the English. You can do that. That's what's so wonderful when you're praying in tongues. It's coming from here. When you're praying with your mind, it's coming from here. So you can do one thing here and another thing here at the same time. So, Father... Right now, Lord, you said in your word that you turn the king's heart whithersoever you will. Well, Father, we're asking as a church right now that you would just turn the hearts of every man, every woman in authority in the United States of America, whether it's legislative, executive, or judicial. Turn their hearts, Lord, whithersoever you will. Influence them. Help them, strengthen them to do your will. Whether they realize it or not, Father, we're asking you to bless and help these people, those that have been wanting to do the church harm, those that have been wanting to do harm to little babies, those that have been wanting to do harm to other people, the innocent, we're asking that you would bless them with a revelation of yourself. Because we know, Lord, that's a blessing. Open their eyes and... Give them an encounter with you, Lord. And Father, if we've criticized, if we've spoken junk, if we've gotten angry, if we've sinned in that anger, we're asking you to forgive us. We come up, Lord, we do not have time to criticize when we should be praying. Because the time we spend criticizing, now you don't have to pray anymore. We can't do two things at once. In that area in time but father we come together tonight as a church and we lift up every man and every woman who's in a position of authority in this country we're asking you to appear to people that need help we're asking father that you would set up who needs set up and sit down who needs set down father we're praying that you would surround those that have good intentions surround them with good help them to be protected from evil Show them Lord your goodness help them to make right decisions father Grant them help to make right. I just heard the Spirit of God say if we'll keep praying like this People are going to be so uncomfortable making wrong decisions. They're going to resign I heard the Spirit of God say if we'll keep praying like this People that are making wrong decisions time after time after time after time They're going to get so uncomfortable that they're going to slip out of the scene I heard the Spirit of God say, if we keep praying, they're going to get so uncomfortable with the divine influence, they're either going to get saved or they're going to get out. But it won't happen if we criticize. It won't happen if we talk bad. But it'll happen if we pray. Divine influence increases when we pray, not when we criticize. Divine influence increases. There's some miracles about to happen. There's some miracles about to happen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Vondenie, apra veante von de cravissa, epre ghiaccio. Can you guys put up on the screen 1 Corinthians fourteen 2? 1 Corinthians fourteen two. This is just something for your mind to look at concerning praying in tongues. Vianto bromonoshe, There's a lot of things our minds don't know to pray as we ought but we can still pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can pray against things we don't even know are happening. We can pray against plans the devil's trying to stir up before we even knew those plans were there. And we'll never even know they were there because they got unraveled in prayer. They came to nothing. He that speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't speak unto men, but unto God. Nobody understands him, but in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries, secret things your mind doesn't know about. There's some things happening in Washington. There's some things happening in the state capitals our brains don't know about, but doesn't mean we can't pray for it. It may be a mystery, but we can still pray for it. Viante, we can unravel plans of the devil. We can mess up his plans. Oh, praying in tongues helps so much in this area. Bon de Fremata juno e and if you don't pray in tongues, just declare god 's will's being done in the hearts of those in authority. victory 's happening, evil's being pushed back we 're messing up the devil 's plans. if you don't pray in tongues, just pray from your belly, pray it out, pray it strong, Say no to the works of darkness. Just say no, 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 in Jesus name. Those words are powerful, but then released in the atmosphere in faith. Could you all say this with me, Heavenly Father? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for the government leaders of the United States of America, We're asking that the fear of God, that the reverence of God be sensed in every meeting. Starting tonight, throughout the week, that they would sense the presence of God. That the holy awe would fill the atmosphere. And that they would make decisions that would benefit your will, your will, whether they're aware of it or not. It or not. Father, God, Father God, we won't, uh, we, won't we won't believe everything we hear on the news. We, on the news. We, believe we believe what you tell us. There's a lot of things, guys, going over the airwaves that's trying to get your faith. It's trying to get your faith, no matter how sophisticated, no matter how uh, great the people are dressed or how well they talk, Watch out about believing it just because it comes forth from a multi-million dollar studio. Watch out about it. The enemy knows if he can get things to us, he can mess with our faith, he can prevail in our nation. No, no, no. We believe our prayers are working. We believe Jesus is Lord. Now guys, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, we're asking tonight as a church, bring forth People to go the way of those in authority. People of you. People with anointing. People you know they'll listen to. Send them, Father. Make their paths cross that these men and women of God may encounter these government leaders with an anointing, right words, and power. Thank you for it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And now, Father, in these last few minutes, we pray for every believer in this country. Father, we pray for every believer that needs to repent. Every believer that's involved in sin. Maybe they want to be free, but they seem to not, not able to be free. And Lord, maybe there's some that don't want to be free. Work on them, Lord. Bring forth your word. Bring forth good things their way. Help them to see, Lord. Help them to see past deception and illusions of darkness. Father, we pray that you would help your people to understand repentance is a good word. It's a life-saving word. Father, we're asking that those that need to repent would get light that they would get revelation from you, that they would see the seriousness of turning loose of some things and getting out of some things, and that they would see the power of starting the good things you want them to be involved with. Father, we're asking, grant the church repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Father, we're asking for the gift of repentance to hit the church like never before, May there be weeping and crying at the altars and churches, Lord. May there be people shaking under the conviction and power of Almighty God in the upcoming services. May the buildings begin to shake. Oh, Father, let there be a holy awe in church services from this prayer forward. Let there be revival. Let there be strong revival in the churches. May man's plans be brought to naught. May the plans of God rise up in the heart of every believer in the United States of America. Help people, Father, to get out of the snares of the enemy, to see the grossness of sin. Oh, Father, help them to see your goodness and your amazing mercy and grace. We're asking, Father, for that for the church, and we thank you it's happening. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a major revival of repentance like never before. I see Christians running out of bars and running to churches. Oh, glory to God. Running out of drugs and running into God. Mm-hmm. Running out of offense and running into love. Mm-hmm. Running out of strife and running into the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Running out of adulterous relationships into a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, we see it. We see it's happening. You're working through our prayers. You're helping us in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Would you stand up, guys, and pray this with me? Say this. Heavenly Father, I pray for every believer in my church, in this valley, in this state, in this country. Give them, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of yourself. The eyes of their understanding. understanding. Being enlightened. enlightened, That they may know know what what is the hope hope of your calling. calling. That they may know know what what are the riches riches of the glory of your inheritance inheritance in the saints. saints. That they might know know what is the exceeding greatness of your power available to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead, set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's been named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Thank you, Father, for helping us to pray tonight. Things are now changed. Things are different. Plans of the devil have been messed up. And good is increasing in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry,